The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. Follow up today is with Josh Thompson. For the past 15 years, he's been covering local sports for the Journal News in the New York City suburbs. Josh and I went to college together at Boston University. So, Josh, do you ever feel pressure to write feel-good stories about the high school kids that you cover? Well, I mean, the short answer is, is obviously yes. Um, you know, that's that's definitely, uh, you know, part of, I guess, what is expected of you, you know, from the community uh, and everything. But, you know, to me, it, it's, it's, it's a little more uh, gray. It's not so black and white. You know, there are um, – basically, I look at it this way, right? It's, it's a sliding scale. I'm going to write a lot more positive stories about the – the regular athlete or the regular team. But when it comes to teams that we're giving a lot of, uh, you know, positive coverage to or, you know, the, the star athlete, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be a little uh, more objective, I think, and a little more, you know, I'm not saying like what you would see with Alex Rodriguez or, or somebody along those lines, but, but cover them almost more like you would a college team or a college athlete. And, um, you know, if they make a mistake, you know, you're going to, you're going to point, point it out. And I, and I think that that's kind of the way it goes. That's at least my philosophy. And, and I think people have different philosophies. There are some people who cover local sports who I know where everything's positive. If, if something negative happens, they're going to look the other way. Um, to me, I, you know, that's just not what a good journalist does. Um, but, but like I said, it's definitely a sliding scale to it where, where you're going to write, you know, for the large part, you're going to write positive stories, but, but depending on who you're covering, yeah, you, you might have to, to say, oh, you know, so-and-so made an error, so-and-so missed that big free throw. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to say that if I, if I think it's, it's something that, you know, is part of the story. And in, in the case where it's a star athlete or a great team, to me, that is part of the story. When you point out a player or a coach's gaffe or error, who do you hear from first? That's interesting. I would say it's not the player or the coach. Um, you know, I, I would say it'd be somebody who felt really passionately, uh, you know, a passionate defender of that player or of that coach. And when, when you cover um, programs, you know, really strong programs, and that can be anywhere from the high school level all the way up to the pros, there are going to be people who are really passionate defenders of that and yet you know know you're a philly guy you know that there are, are crazy people who are passionate defenders of the sixers or or the eagles well well there there are s- smaller groups of people just like that who, who follow the best the best high school programs even and those are the people i think you would tend to hear from more and, and would be very passionate in defense of their player or of their coach but i think that if you do a good job if, if you're doing your job right, and, and you have kind of built up some trust with the community, it can be more of uh, an example where you're, you're going to be kind of sparring with somebody like that, but they're not going to, um, they're just not going to call you or, or send you a text or send you an email screaming because they're going to have appreciated things you did in the past. And I think when you, you know, build up that kind of trust with the, the people you cover, the, the people in the community, I think that maybe you have a little more leeway uh, in situations like those. I don't know what you're talking about, Philadelphia sports fans being crazy. I think, I think Philadelphia sports fans are just fair, passionate, and always balanced. What happens, Very level-headed, sure. Yeah, yeah. What, what happens when those passionate defenders are parents? Um, you know, I, I think you have to be a little more careful. And the main reason why is when you're writing about somebody's 
uh, teenager, even if that teenager is going to go on to get a college scholarship and, and maybe even play pro ball one day, you know, that is, that is their kid. And, uh, you know, you and I have kids, you know, we understand what it's like. I mean, there's nothing you love more, nothing you feel more passionately about than your own kids. And, and, um, I could see myself in, in, you know, 12 years, you know, feeling very strongly about, uh, my own kids and how great athletes they are and, you know, defending them, like, you know, they're uh, Sue Bird, but it, it's just, um, so you have to be more careful for sure. I mean, you don't want to, I, I hear from people all the time who said that, that, that their kid is just as good or better than such and such kids who, who I may be ranked ahead of them. And, and, you know, in those cases, you definitely have to be more careful than if you're talking to a coach or, you know, an assistant coach or something who, who may be, um, you know, be maybe more objective and maybe have seen, you know, more athletes over the years and, and whatever. And I, I think that's, that's probably the hardest when you deal with parents. And, and I know that that's something that, you know, administrators and coaches, you know, that's, that's a problem they're dealing with all the time. And, you know, you read stories about how, how difficult it can be to deal with, deal with tough parents. And, and, uh, and I think that's the reason why, because they're, they're just going to be so passionate about their kids. And I think you have to recognize that and you have to, um, you know, you have to kind of take that into account when you speak to them. When you're covering games, do you find yourself cringing hearing parents in the stands? Uh, I I could tell you some things. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know what what you hear, the way people behave, um, and the sad part is, you know, it's one thing to to yell at your own kid or to give your own kid advice or to cheer your own kid on, but when you hear you know parents accusing other kids you know, and let's be honest, we're talking about teenagers, talking about, about boys. Um, when you hear them accusing them of flopping or, or being dirty or so on and so forth, it, it's, it's really hard to listen to. And you know what? I, I can guarantee, you know, if you or, or any of your listeners came and heard some of the things that I have heard, they would say to themselves, man, I'm never going to be like that when I'm in the stands with my kids, when I'm older. And here's hoping that none of us are. All right, so so tell me some things. You don't have to mention names, but give me some examples. Uh, you know, they the the flopping, the, the dirty, the dirty play. That's definitely very high on the list. Uh, you know, last year um, we had a video uh, of a game that we weren't, we didn't attend, but but I saw where you know um, uh, a parent threw multiple punches during a game after his son had you know, kind of committed some dirty plays behind the scenes that maybe an official hadn't seen. And that parent was the one who threw the punches. So think about that. So, so your kid is the one causing the, the issues, throwing the, the, the elbows and the punches. And then you're the one in the stands who, who feels the need to, to punch back. And then on top of that, you know, where the, uh, the, the kid kind of had to be like squirted off the court and was, was knocking, you know, knocking somebody's cell phone, you know, somebody was filming him, knocking their cell phone out of their hand. And you, you say to yourself, like, where does that, where does that behavior come from? Mm-hmm. And you have to look back to the parent in the stands. Who's the one starting, starting the fight. I mean, when you see a fight at a high school game or even a, you know, you know I cover a lot of small college games too. We see, those kind of things happen. You have to say to yourself, like, you know, let's have some perspective here. And, and the, the sad part is, is when you see these incidents happen in the crowd, you just, you just realize, you know, how much perspective people are lacking. Have the coaches' jobs changed? Do you feel like coaches are handling parents as much as they're handling players these days? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we had uh, one of the, the uh, prominent 
uh, high schools that we cover in this area, I think in the last 12 months they fired nine coaches. Wow. You know, think about how many how many uh, at, uh, high school sports there are. You know, you're talking about maybe one-third of their their uh, head coaches were fired, and, and, you know, that's they don't really fire coaches at, at this level for performance that often. So you know, you're talking about incidents, and they're, you know, it's, Maybe maybe a couple of them are justified, but but how many of them are justified? And and, and it's just something that I think uh, you know. I know people, friends of mine, who have who have stopped coaching because they they don't like dealing with the parents. They don't like you know having to to respond to emails. Uh, you know, I was at a, I was at a game last year. Here's another quick story where uh, a guy had won his first uh, his team's first championship in almost 30 years, and I was speaking to him maybe two minutes after the final whistle, and somebody came up to him to complain about and interrupted us to complain about their son's lack of playing time. <laughs> and, you know, these are the things that you see, you see all the time. And it was, it was, it was a shame that the coach is, is younger than us. He's probably in his early thirties. And he was, he was so shaken by it because here's this high, he's reached a high of his, you know, however long he's coached five, six, seven, eight, ten years. And, and he's immediately brought back down. And I think that that's kind of those, ebbs and flows are just something that that you're constantly dealing with uh now when you're involved with with teenagers teenagers and a lot of it stems back to the fact that people are spending so much money on training their their children on sending them away to to camps and to aau teams and all these things they're flying all over the country and you know honestly they spend so much money they expect to get something out of it and at the end of the day you know if your son is not six foot eight He's probably not going to play in the NBA, and that's just the way it is. And and so, uh, but people just don't seem to to grasp that, and that that's kind of where all these problems can stem from. Is basically just not having proper perspective on how good your son or how good your daughter is, and and it kind of just can lead to so many problems in so many different areas. Yeah, and you were part of that. You wrote that great series on all the money that is spent for training and these camps and travel and then what it actually leads to or doesn't lead to. Are you ever discouraged from writing or proposing an investigative piece on one of the schools or programs? Um, I, I wouldn't say that, that I would, I would be discouraged because I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really go, you know, to, to the point where I'd be like asking, asking permission or, or talking about it, you know, in, in advance, because I, I think if you do, you know, you're going to get some pushback and then there'll be people who, you know, wouldn't that you might need to talk to who wouldn't talk to you. But I don't think that that's any different than if, if you were writing something about a, a, a pro team, I don't think that, you know, somebody's investigating the, the New York Mets for just how poorly run they are. I don't think you're going to, um, you know, let the Wilpons know that it's coming, you know, and I, and I don't really think that that's, it, that's much different when you're doing something like that, you know, at, at, at this level either, um, you know, because people are going to be protective no matter, no matter what level you're, you're talking about. So um, is there going to be pushback? Yeah, of course there, there's going to be pushback. But, you know, like I said at the top, I mean, if you're a journalist and you want to do your job, um, you need to, to do your job the way you think, the way you see fit. And, uh, and I think that no matter what you're covering, you know, if, if there's something that's, that's inappropriate that's going on, you should cover it. Josh, good talking to you. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Noah. I didn't expect our conversation to go the way of lunatic and inappropriate parents, but unfortunately, that's a big part of high school sports these days. It may have always been that way, I guess, but now cameras catch everything, and it's out there for everyone to see. 
Playing high school tennis, I used to feel bad for the other kid if his parents were losing it during our match. It didn't make me lit up at all, but it did make me think about what his life was like off the court. We can continue this conversation on Twitter. Josh is at Lohud Insider. That's L-O-H-U-D Insider. And I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Also read Josh's work in the Varsity Sports section at lohud.com slash sports. Please subscribe to the podcast, download the Vocal app, and rate and review on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds and means a lot. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.